It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Well, hello, America, and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted, as always, to spend time with you on this busy hump day. We share the facts that you need to know about, and we're connecting dots that I know they want us not to. But I think it's within all of our interests to be aware, to be alert, to pay attention to all these little breadcrumbs that they're dropping on us. Chris Ray now saying, oh, the United States is at a heightened terror alert. Well, no kidding. Where do you think we've been for the last three years, you clots? With a wide open border. Did you guys hear about the the folks who tried to get across the border? Terrorists on the terrorism watch list. Who had incendiary devices. We'll just say bombs. That they had in their bags. Bombs. The size of cannonballs. I get frisked at... The airport from TSA, if I bring four ounces of my favorite shampoo and my carry-on. But these folks are trying to get our border with bombs. And now our FBI director is saying, well, you know what? Feels like something's going to happen. Which means something's going to happen and we need to be on high alert so we're going to talk about a lot of different things today keep you in the know as we follow up on all of these details and connect dots as i said that nobody else does welcome home i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all amen They think you're stupid. I know you're not. But they think we all are. Only people who think we're too dumb or too inept or too lazy to call them out for their many lies would be as bad as they are at lying. So America the dirty is where we are today. And we have certain people in our crosshairs. I have Mitch McConnell. Very interesting happenings going on in the, in the Senate. We have Speaker Johnson and the House of Representatives saying, you know what, we've got this bill. $14.3 billion now necessary to our friend and ally Israel. Let's make this happen. It's important. And you guys were clamoring at us during the whole gavel fight with your hair on fire. Oh, my gosh. Israel's burning weenie, right? And we agreed and said, yes, let's go. 
Mitch McConnell and the rhinos in the Senate have said, nah, not so fast there, Susie. We're going to talk about that. Why he's one of the America the dirty today. Anthony Fauci. Mr. Science. Doctor, pay attention to me. The guy who said, Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about. Who lied repeatedly under oath about not just participating in highly dangerous experiments using animals and viruses and Frankensteinian suck. Not only did he, in fact, tinker with viruses with the Communist Chinese Party, because that makes sense. We now know he's been doing these experiments here in America and did them using bats and coronaviruses in 2018. What? Dr. Doom was fiddling with science here on animals right before a global pandemic? What? We have Mayorkas, Alex, Department of Homeland Security Secretary, who has not visited the homeland's borders, who gets absolutely torched by Senator Hawley. What he says, however, Mayorkas, is stunning and brazen and bold and makes him one of our America's most dirty. But I'm intrigued by a headline I saw today, not that long ago, because it's close to where I'm located in the land before time, which is what I lovingly refer refer to Pennsylvania as. Ohio conducts statewide simulation of anthrax attack. So weird, isn't it? I mean, Halloween usually for me means drills on foreign substances like anthrax. Well, It might not be in your wheelhouse, but apparently this is what's going on just to my left in the great state of Ohio. All these public safety and health and emergency management folks coming together to conduct this three-day anthrax attack simulation. What can we glean from these details? That anthrax is going to be used somewhere in the not-so-distant future here in the United States. Is it going to be a coordinated terror attack using this to wipe out Americans, to send a message, to take down the... Who knows? But I'll remind you, of course, that it was just two months before the once-in-a-lifetime global pandemic called COVID-19 that... The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the World Economic Forum, and the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. That's a cute little name, isn't it? Held their event 201. In New York, a high-level pandemic exercise. Quite literally. Three months to the day before we get shut down, before all the, the pandemic News started leaking out and everybody started to freak. They project what they are doing before they do these things. And whether or not you or someone you love is ensnarled in the crosshairs of their sock is wholly irrelevant. The mission is the mission. Stay in power. Stay in control. Stay rich. 
keep everybody else down and use various minions, various militant groups that you've spawned, whose ire you foment, throwing, throwing them bones, college campuses, here's a bone, gin up some discontent, there you go, all to keep us off of our game. So I'm paying attention to Ohio right now. Why Ohio? Right in the middle of the country? I don't know. Feels that way. None of this stuff happens in a vacuum. The same way that getting Donald Trump thrown off of the ballot in Colorado is not just a one-off kind of a thing. They think they figure out what they want to do, and then they go backwards. We need Donald Trump to never run again. So we need to create a scenario in which he is excluded, barred, banned from competing with us because he's going to kill us. And we know that. And so we're going to sink years into this. Well, we found an insurrection clause in the 14th Amendment. Nobody talked about insurrection in my lifetime before January 6th. But January 6th was used as the predicate to allege that Donald Trump is a threat. He is a threat to democracy. He incited a rebellion, and as such, he is an unworthy candidate and will be excluded from competition. Think how far back they had to go. They had to coordinate, quote-unquote, pipe bombs at the RNC and the DNC. They needed the Capitol Police, D.C. Metro Police, all these folks to be in on it. They needed Nancy Pelosi to slow walk and stonewall for five hours and deny, ignore a dozen different requests from the Capitol Police Chief Steve Sund for National Guard backup. They needed to send feds out to the homes of Proud Boys and Oath Keepers to see if they could count on them to help. Think Enrico, Enrique Tario. They needed people in the crowd on the day. Think Ray Epps and more than 40 undercover human sources inside who could have stopped the madness, but were planted there to exacerbate it. And ladies and gentlemen, therein you have the ingredients of America the Dirty. We can go through the same backward playbook with all of these things. You need more people to vote for you. You need to create danger. Open up the southern border. You need to get people afraid. You need to present mail-in ballots, which are far easier to corrupt than in-person voting. Drop a virus. None of this is just by chance. Neither is this random anthrax training in Ohio. So as we walk through the show today, do know that the one constant that they want you to take away from all this is that you cannot trust your eyes. You do not see that. You do not hear that. That is not the narrative we're pushing out, they say. This is the story. You either follow along with us or you'll be part of the collateral damage. Game on. All right, so when we come back, let's talk a little bit about this. Bad news for the Biden administration when it comes to a certain subsect of very Democrat-leaning voters. They're jumping ship in droves, and it's all-out panic time at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. We'll explain 
next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, welcome back, my friends. Very interesting article that we found. And various news organizations are picking it up. But Brock, about an hour ago, sent me a, an audio clip. We're, gonna sh- we're not going to share it with you because we care about you. <laughs> and it's involving Corinne Jean-Pierre. And listening to her is enough to just, right? But in it, she's asked a very odd question by a member of the media. And she's asked Corrine, what are you and, and the president, what's the stance of the administration on the increasing violence against people in this country who are pro-Palestine. And I looked at Brock and he looked at me and I said, what kind of violence? I haven't heard about any violence. Who's attacking these people? Who's attacking the people who are pro-Hamas? Because I haven't heard about it. And she launches into this a minute and 37 second rambling, nonsense, verbal spaghetti garbage. And then it all started to make sense. How about this story? Just in... Biden and the Democrats get more bad news among key voter bloc. What? Recent polling data reveals a significant decline in support for President Biden and the Democratic Party among Arab Americans. The Arab American Institute commissioned a nationwide poll which highlighted several key findings. First, Biden's approval rating among Arab Americans has seen a sharp decline. I think that is, that's kind. This is a complete cataclysmic dive. In 2020, Biden's approval was 74%. Now, it's down to 29%. This decline mirrors the trends observed across the American public. Arab Americans, who account for a significant number of voters in crucial election states, including Michigan, Ohio, and my Pennsylvania, have showed a dramatic shift in their political preferences. Support for Biden in the upcoming election has dropped from 59% to a mere 17%, marking a 42% decrease from 2020. Historically, a majority of Arab Americans have shown a preference for the Democratic Party. However, dot, 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 this poll marks a monster shift for the first time in 26 years of polling. A majority of Arab Americans did not claim to prefer the Democratic Party. The data reveals that 32% of Arab Americans now identify as Republicans, while only 23% identify as Democrats. Independents have also seen a rise, overtaking Democrats for the first time in October of 2023. This is monstrous. Monstrous. This is why you've got it a minimum. Eight million people who've crossed into our southern border, my friends. Eight million, and that doesn't take into account the 1.6, 1.7 million known gotaways. How about all the others? And by the way, gotaway is like estimating vaccine injury. You're reliant on somebody giving you some kind of a report and then realizing that it's way, way underreported. 
polling data from a different group has painted a similar picture for Biden. According to the recent Gallup poll, so this is in some Arab American group chatting with people after religious services one day. This is Gallup now. Biden's approval rating among among Democrats has seen an 11 point decline in just one month. The administration's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal, rising inflation, the escalating conflict in the Middle East, particularly the recent surprise attack on Israel by Hamas terrorists, I'll say it, this story called militants, have all been points of contention. Two-thirds of Arab Americans have a negative view of President Biden's response to the situation in the Middle East. And additionally, there is growing concern within the community about the potential for increased anti-Semitism due to violence. Now, I wonder where they're getting those stories from. Oh, I don't know. They're just all over the web right now. My alma mater, the University of Colorado, had to just quietly take down some information where they were blaming Israel for the Hamas attacks of October 7th. Why is it that so many people feel that this is their fray to wade into? And by the way, that, that Cornell University student, 21-year-old engineering kid, who we know from his parents was crippled recently in the last year by depression, had to take two spring semesters off of his education. This guy is a very intelligent young man. Top of his class, got one of the the most preeminent scholarships. Something happened to him along the way of his educational journey. And now all of a sudden, he's posting rhetoric about hunting down Jews. What happened? Something very purposeful. As I said at the very beginning of the program, the people who want to control us have the end game first, and then they work backwards. How do you force people to want to kill each other? How do you start a civil war? How do you create enough smoke to cover for all of the fraud and the schemes and the money laundering and all of the filth? Start working backwards, my friends, and you'll connect the dots too. All right, quick timeout. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, today's profile in failure, Alejandro Mayorkas. Oh boy, buckle up. It's next. There are, well, you know, I was just going to say there are a few people I find more slithery and slimy than Alejandro Mayorkas, but that's fake news. And (laughs) Brock, I was teeing you up in there and you missed the fake news cue. So let's see if you can hit it now. Fake news media. Yep, that's it. Alejandro Mayorkas in the hot seat, a Senate hearing on the debacle at the border. But beyond that, some of the rhetoric that the Department of Homeland Security doesn't seem to be all that in a hurry to put down. And these are the headlines that I'm seeing just now. Let me pull it up. So many pages, it's not even funny. How about this headline? 
We only want one side to stop fighting. Meet the Minneapolis public teacher who called for Israel's eradication at a socialist rally. Oh, goody, I hope she's teaching your kids. How about this? University of Colorado Ethnic Studies Department, really? Scrubs statement saying Hamas did not commit terrorism. Fantastic. Love that. Here's this one. Harvard lecturer who discriminated against Jewish students faces no disciplinary action. Super duper. We have open season on hating one specific subset of our population, the Jewish community. Now, if you were to do this to black people, you'd be tarred and feathered. You'd be called a racist. Your name would be tarnished. Your job would be taken from you. Your reputation would be smeared. Right? You'd be ruined. If you tried to say something negative about somebody in the disabled community, think John Fetterman, perhaps you thought it would be funny to mock him. Well, they'd come out with their knives for you. The LGBT alphabet agency, you want to say anything about those folks? Look out. You're a homophobe and a hater, and there is no place for hate. Unless, of course, it's against Jews. So yesterday, Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri, is questioning Alejandro Mayorkas about this disturbing anti-Semitism on college campuses. As though people are really shocked by this. I'm not. Granted, it was three decades ago that I was in college or graduate school. But you could see all of the, the roots from the seedlings that have been planted for student activism. Should foreign students who support Hamas, who openly advocate for the death of Israelis, should they actually be able to be here on visas in our country Enjoying our educational system. That is the predicate of this give and go between Alejandro Mayorkas, Department of Homeland Security, who's doing zero to defend or protect the homeland, of course, and the senator from Missouri. That is the question he asks Mayorkas. Mayorkas is going to say, that's a legal matter. It's far bigger than my purview. I'm not, uh, I'm not qualified to answer that question. After that, this is how Josh Hawley responds. This is fantastic. Go. Well, no, wait, no, wait, 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 wait. I, I, I just, my time is very limited. I have to say, I think your answer is disappointing, but let me ask you something else. Let, let me ask you about people who say other things. What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath. Palestine will be free one day. F apartheid Israel and is any Israeli. What, this is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator, um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech. Uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level. Fair enough. This person works for you. (laughs) He's got his written statement there. Alex, you swung. You missed, bro. 
Well, there, there's a distinction between espousing hateful rhetoric and then ra- odious speech. Nobody talks like that, you clown. It's a great lawyer-presented cheat sheet for you. But here's Josh Hawley saying one of the people in your Department of Homeland Security and to boot when you find out this little morsel, this worker has control over visas. She has control over who gets a visa to come into this country and for how long. So if you're from Israel, she can be like, you know what? I don't like you. That'd be a negative, negative ghostwriter. You could be somebody from Palestine, from Gaza, somebody that absolutely come on in. Do you want to bring your whole family? So this person works for you, Secretary Mayork, is saying F to Israel, F to the Jews. How is that even remotely appropriate, appropriate or acceptable in the United States in this day and year? He goes on. So she's a Department of Homeland Security hire, Alex. This person is your person. She posted this on October 7th and posted a meme using paragliders. Little sensitive to the Jews, do you think, perhaps? Number two. This is Nuja Ali, an employee of the Department of Homeland Security, who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now, this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this? What have you done? What kind of action? I've warned you about this. Holly has reached out to this dude for the last several weeks, saying this is unacceptable. Tell me that you have fired this individual. This is dangerous. What is Mayorkas's play when you have no defense because you suck? You have to become emotional, become offended. How dare you? And that's what happens now. What are things I'd like to say to you? Number one, your question to suggest that that is emblematic of the men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. I'm sorry, what have you done? This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives, you have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question? Josh Hawley's voice is shaking. His hands are quivering. He is irate. How dare you come to this chamber and tell me that me asking you about the people in your purview who you obviously have no control over or whose opinions you support. How dare you? Holly 2028, you heard it here first. So then, 
Josh Hawley continues. And, well, actually, Alejandro Mayorkas turns to whomever is heading this particular committee hearing. And he says, obviously, I'm not going to get a word in edgewise because Alex has four points he wants to take out. You know, number one, how dare you talk to me about that? Number two, so he's going to ask the chair, hey, after this guy's time expires, I want a moment to address the crowd. Listen to this. Has she been fired? Mr. Secretary. After um, the consumption of Senator Hawley's time, I'd like to speak. Has she been fired? Because I will we not would like be, an answer. Would you? Because I will not be given the opportunity. Has she been fired? So uh, that individual has been placed on administrative leave. Oh. So she's not one. been fired. Number two. Number Why has two, she not been fired? Number two. The individual was hired in 2019. Why has she not been number fired? Three. I cannot speak to an ongoing personnel matter. Why? Why has this person not been fired? Your answer is you can't speak to it. This isn't sufficient to fire her? I am not in a position to speak to an ongoing personnel matter. This that isn't sufficient to fire her? That's what you're telling me? That is not what I'm saying. But she's still on your payroll as that, we sit here today. That is not what I'm saying. She's still on your payroll as we sit here today. Senator? She's still on the payroll. And did you hear his response? One, it's despicable that you even asked me. Two, she's hired in 2019, a.k.a. It's Donald Trump's fault, right? It's so ridiculous. Number three, the ultimate excuse of all excuses. I'm, I cannot talk about, that's classified. You're going to have to talk. This is an ongoing investigation. I can't reveal, I could compromise the integrity. I'm not going to go there because, that's called, I'm going to deflect because I suck and you just caught me. You got caught, Alex. You got caught. How about you go to the border? See what's going on. Get a grip on your people. Unless, of course, you're for the slaughter of Jews. Josh Hawley continues. How many cases did this woman have her fingers on? How many people tried to come in this country and she said, come on in. I appreciate your values. How many others did she say, you're a Jew? Not allowed. Visa denied. Audio soundbite five. How many cases? She was an asylum an immigration officer, how many cases did she adjudicate? Senator, I'm not in a position to speak about an ongoing person. I'm not asking about that. I'm asking you how many cases she adjudicated. My uh, answer remains. Did she adjudicate any cases involving Israelis seeking asylum in this country? Same answer. Well, let me just point you to what else she posted on social media, where she drew attention to the fact that she is an immigration and asylum officer. Hashtag immigrants, hashtag asylum seekers, hashtag Palestine. Hashtag refugees welcome. This is on her LinkedIn post where she has her professional affiliation posted. So I think the American people deserve to know, has, has she admitted, contrary to law, individuals who should not be in this country or denied Jewish refugees whose genocide she's advocating asylum that they deserve? Same answer. You're not going to tell us what this person's done? Are you conducting a review of her cases at least? Senator, as I have said over and over again, I cannot speak to an ongoing. You said that you will not. I can't believe that you would come to this committee knowing this. You know about this. I've written to you about it. You know all about it. And you come here unwilling to answer and suggest that it is wrong of me to ask you the question. There you go, sir. 
100%. And to sum it all up with a cherry on top, all it takes is 10 seconds and Holly uses it. Quite frankly, Mr. Secretary, I think that your performance is despicable. And I think the fact that you are not willing to provide answers to this committee is absolutely atrocious. That's putting it lightly. So, but I have to tell you what Mallorca says when Holly's time is up as a rebuttal, because it is the exact playbook that you are oh so used to with these people in charge. I got that for you. And Corey Bush feeling the heat and showing she's not very bright. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so we told you yesterday, Corey Bush, squad member extraordinaire of Suck in St. Louis, Missouri, a member of Congress who is a ne'er-do-well. She is a low-information individual who responds with emotion, and it gets her in a hot trouble, in hot water. And so now she's being primaried. This guy, Wesley Bell, I guess he's a prosecutor there in St. Louis. He was going to go up against Hawley. I would never go up against Josh Hawley. So he decided instead of running against him in the Senate, he's going to throw his hat in the ring, go against Cori Bush and try to snag her seat from him or hers from her. So now calls for Cori Bush to resign are resonating and rippling across the middle America landscape. And this is great. This is when your community notes on social media, when people have the opportunity to chime in and be like, well, actually, that's not really what happened. Well, that's what happened to Cori Bush. Here's the article, redstate.com. Love this site. Community notes comes for Cori Bush after whopper of a claim about ceasefire resolution. On Monday, squad leader Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez sudden got convenient concern about the dramatic escalation and anti-Semitic demonstrations and threats and attacks against Jewish people worldwide in the aftermath of the start of the Hamas-instigated war with Israel had some of us scratching our heads. Why the about-face? Well, the likely reason behind the newly found soft spot for the Jewish community was polling, which I just gave you, a cataclysmic drop in Arab-American support, not just for Joe Biden, but the Democratic Party. Speaking of the Hamas caucus, AOC wasn't the only one on Monday trying to pivot to a more conciliatory tone towards the Jewish community. Cori Bush, who on Sunday accused Israel without evidence of engaging in ethnic cleansing and who previously blamed Israel for the Hamas terrorist attacks, suddenly wanted people to know that she had allegedly co-sponsored a resolution condemning Hamas for taking hostages and urging the hostages' immediate release. So while it is true that Bush did indeed co-sponsor a ceasefire resolution, along with her fellow Democratic Socialist Party members in the House... It is not even remotely true that the resolution condemned Hamas in the slightest or urged the immediate release of the Israeli hostages they've taken, something the community notes on Twitter pointed out in response. So she tweeted out, This month, I co-sponsored a resolution condemning Hamas for hostage-taking and urging their immediate release. We must ensure the safe return of all hostages and the protection of Palestinian and Israeli civilians. Well, then the community notes just absolutely blasted her. 
Cori Bush's resolution did not condemn or even mention Hamas, nor did it call for the release or even the mention of hostages. Bush also voted against the House resolution condemning Hamas. So she can suck it. That was my editorial edition there. I beg your pardon. So here we have Cori Bush getting skewered on social media as she tries to backpedal and says, oh, snap, I live in an area with a predominant background of folks. Let's see. Bush's district includes several municipalities with a substantial Jewish population, including University City, Creve Corps, Olivet, and part of Clayton. She's realizing, ah, I irked these people. (laughs) They're not going to vote for me. So all of a sudden she's going to say, I'm going to introduce some legislation. It's going to be soft, but I'm going to be able to go out and say, I'm doing something. I care about you people still vote for me, right? Well, wrong. Because this is how bad the ineptitude of the Democratic Party and the socialists who are part of it and the communists are. John Kirby, one of the White House spokespeople, was on with CNN's Dana Bash yesterday. And Dana Bash is going to ask him, what about... Cori Bush, this congresswoman saying these incendiary things about the Jews. I'm sure the Biden administration is pushing back against this. Listen to John Kirby. He doesn't listen to the question. He has no idea who Cori Bush is and refers to her as a him. What? Go. John Kirby, I want to ask you about this, uh, the fact that this war is really dividing Uh, the president's Democratic Party. Today, Congresswoman Cori Bush tweeted that Israel was conducting an, quote, ethnic cleansing campaign, and the U.S. was funding, quote, atrocities against Palestinians. As a key spokesperson for the Biden administration, what's the administration's argument to this Democrat about why I'm sure you believe she's wrong? Well, the congressman can speak for himself and his views. Obviously, we would take a a significant issue uh, with those assertions. The congressman can speak for himself. She has indicated multiple times that Cori Bush is a female. He does not know who she is. There is no connect. It is all dots on a scatter plot. Nobody's talking to each other. This is what you get. When you vote stupid, this is what you get when you're conned by the Democrats into voting for their ridiculous, expensive, unsafe, untenable policies. And you get this in a spokesperson, and he's only marginally better than Corrine Jean-Pierre. But we can criticize him because he's just a white, straight dude. She, at least, is black gay, female, and the daughter of immigrants. This, ladies and gentlemen, is America today. Aren't you hungry for more? Better? I am. All right, hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program, flushing out the uniparty in the Senate. How do you do it? Well, it's easy. You make them vote on something. And that's what happened next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. 